2: god i love that peppy cowboy hat f- picture that's just <laughs> it's it, so good. It, it warms my soul i just love seeing that
3: Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A unacknowledged American cousin of the Touchline Media Group. Uh, They're based in London. They don't really like to acknowledge us. Uh, I'm your host, as always, uh, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I'm with uh, our dear friend Stumpy, a.k.a. Napoleon Gregg. This episode is brought to you by whoever Blue Wire decides to bring to you, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your business law, NIL, employment law, family law needs in the states of California, New York, and Michigan. Check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. This week's episode is a great one. We have uh, our good friends, Ben and Kevin, uh, here to talk both football and football, which is fun. Um, So, uh, Kevin, how are you feeling? Kevin's on mute. Stumpy, nope. how are you feeling? Stumpy's on mute. No, <laughs> I'm doing oh, wow. great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it feels like a Sunday after you know, just getting ready to roll into we have what two working weeks before the you know, awesome. we don't have to work anymore technically. Uh, yeah, with two more working weeks in the in the American uh, business calendar.
3: Uh, Yep. And I I assume our British friends are the same as well as our second largest market, Tokyo, uh, a, a noted culture that is known for taking significant amounts of time off and not uh, working through holidays. So sure.
0: England doesn't get the England doesn't get Christmas uh, New Year's off. They're not Catholic enough for that.
3: Yeah, because uh, Protestants
0: don't, don't don't celebrate Christmas. Not in the same way, man. Not in the no. same way. You got to go to like. Belgium or Luxembourg, they don't, open, they don't open a damn thing from the 25th to, like, the 2nd.
3: Uh, probably not the 2nd, since the 2nd is a Sunday this year. That's relevant for what we are going to talk about now, which is that um, there, are, there was some football, some, some hand-egg pointy ball uh, this weekend that uh, was pretty important in the college sense, as well as... Uh,
1: uh, can you guys hear me when I talk?
3: We can yeah. hear you, Ben. <laughs> yes, we we're can. in the middle. We're, we're in the middle of recording, and Ben has decided <laughs> to show up. Uh, this is going great. Going great, uh, Ben. As a lifelong, long-suffering uh, Michigan fan, how are you feeling?
2: <laughs> Ben's headset is Can't. off now. <laughs> if you have a video.
3: You
0: saw him take off his headphones. Don't continue to address him. Uh,
3: so, uh, <laughs> Jesus, the Lions won. That was fun. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs>
2: What a what a what a win of no consequence. Who cares? I do. <laughs> I care a great deal. How can you care still? How? Is it, because I was not... going to
0: win fifty thousand oh, dollars. Well, okay,
2: yes, you're upset at it. You're not. You don't care from like a fandom. Like, oh, the 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 Detroit Lions are what I hinge my my personal well being on.
0: Oh, no, they killed my they killed my hope a long time ago.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like
0: all so right. I can
1: hear you guys. How
2: are we doing? Hey, Ben. It's been a great start. Should we just do the countdown again and start over? Shut up, Kevin. Uh,
0: (laughs) So you guys want to know a really fun, this actually is a fun fact. So do you know who the last active uh, Montreal Expos draftee is in professional sports?
3: Montreal Expos. uh, I'm going to get, wait, professional sports or playing?
0: Playing in professional sports.
1: Tom Brady.
3: There it
0: is.
1: <laughs> is it really? Strafted
3: in the 18th round in 1995. Oh. So, uh, those, and those two things make total sense. The Montreal Expos, noted winners. Noted winners. Uh, they won all the time. This is a baseball podcast. Uh,
1: so, Ben, now that we have <laughs> so time you... they were really good. They canceled the World Series.
3: <laughs> that's true. Uh, and also, people forget that they had Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez was not uh, a lifelong Boston Red Sox. He won his first Cy Young with the Expos.
1: And Randy Johnson and all kinds of crazy people.
3: Wait, did Randy Johnson play for the Expos? I think he just drafted. Oh, yeah, they had like
1: a stacked team at one point.
3: Uh sorry, Montreal. Uh all you're left with the Canadians who haven't won anything uh <laughs> ever. Yeah, 60s don't count at me, Montreal. <laughs> um I mean, like the 18th you're age. really
2: gonna rile up the Twitter sphere with that comment.
3: Uh, yeah. Just, to, just to be clear, <laughs> uh, I, I think French Canadians can get super ornery based on the show Leonard Kenny and nothing else.
0: They can get super ornery, <laughs> and they will come after
3: you for going after the Canadians. Eh? Uh, again, I think they're French Canadians, so I don't think they say "a." I think they say "we." Oui.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs> Did you guys get uh, French, you know, how everybody gets Spanish Sesame street when they're kids, but I grew up, we grew up like I grew up close enough to Canada that it was French on Sesame street. When they taught you to speak like a different language. No, Interesting.
3: We, we had Muzzy who is some sort of alien who came down to, to earth to speak Spanish. Uh, I don't remember the plot of Muzzy. I do remember that he was a fuzzy alien who came down <laughs> to speak Spanish.
1: This may have just been the, the CBC version of Sesame Street. I
3: don't know. <laughs> uh, again, hockey night in touchlines lines and touchdowns. Um, yes. Or Don Cherry. With <laughs> Don Cherry. Uh, ben, you're actually a long-suffering uh, Michigan football fan. So how are you feeling this afternoon? evening? I don't know what time it is. Evening?
1: I mean, I don't know what to do with myself. Michigan has won two important games. The Lions won a game. Like, I should honestly be, like, depressively getting ready for work, but I feel okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want life to continue at this point, <laughs> which is a big W.
1: Well, you know, like that acronym that uh, Brian Cook made up at MGO Blog, B-Pone, the Black yeah. Pit of Negative Expectations? Like, it's so weird to expect everything to go poorly, and then it not. It. it like you just have this sneaking suspicion that we're gonna beat Ohio State and then somehow we're gonna get into a rock fight and lose like eleven to eight to Iowa. And for it not to happen was very weird.
3: Uh well, I was bad and we knew that going in. So um, but yeah, I mean I, I get it. I, I, I can admit that that Friday afternoon I was looking at the game and I was thinking to myself, I could right. see them blowing this.
1: Like you could lose seven to three. It could happen. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I will say that the manner in which Kirk Ferentz quit on his team portends very well for his impending retirement, um, <laughs> because it's nice to quit on the field before you quit off the field. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so congratulations to the University of Michigan. You have uh, won a Big Ten title for the first time in 18 years? Uh, 04, so, I think, was the last one. 17 years. And oh. your reward... Your reward is you get to go to Miami to play a pissed off Georgia. <laughs> and since it's not a championship game, they'll be good.
2: Yeah. There. Yeah. Great news. You'll just get Bama who they never, they never play up for championship. games. Don't want <laughs> what, what a don't miserable want to gauntlet.
0: Uh, uh, Georgia fans are already buying up all of the Miami tickets to apparently uh, friend of the pod Angus was like watching ticket prices, and as soon as they went on sale, they jumped the secondary market immediately ballooned to over $700 to get in the door.
3: I wouldn't be shocked if that were Michigan. Michigan, Michigan fans are probably going to travel real well for this, um, they
1: typically do. And Michigan fans are not known for like spending reasonable amounts of money.
0: That's fair, but
3: at the same time, Georgia's just so much physically closer.
0: Yeah.
1: Also,
3: also Georgia is like country club money. Um, so, you know, like they, they do like, you can imagine a, a Georgia fan saying, well, well, I'm not going to try the accent. Well, we can, we can go down. We'll get a couple of rounds of golf in on the way and, and, you know, go to the game, had a couple rounds on the way back and you're good to go.
1: Well, the funny thing is like, once we beat Ohio state, like everything was gravy. Like, even if we'd lost to Iowa, I mean, I would have been disappointed, but I'd be like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, it's just all, you're just playing with house money. Like, whatever. It, it's just, you feel like that burden is gone.
3: Yeah, you say that, and then you go <laughs> and lose 38 to nothing in the playoff, and it sticks with you a little bit. <laughs> Who
1: did that happen to? I forget.
3: Uh, both rivals of the University <laughs> of Michigan. I'm not saying it's your turn, but it might be your yeah. turn.
1: <laughs> hey, we just have to kick a field goal. <laughs>
3: I think
2: I, I think that the like the offensive and defensive like efficiencies for this Michigan team are a lot better than the Michigan State squad that made the playoffs. Well, yeah. I think that that on paper, and as far as how they're able to like dictate game state, they're just a lot better than that state team. So I don't think they're going to get steamrolled.
0: And Cade McNamara's shoulder still works.
2: Yeah, yeah. Con- Connor Cook not being able to, you know, he'd had, he had he about as much velocity as you know I could muster on a ball. Oh. I'm not going
1: to lie. Our best chance at beating Georgia might be them killing Cade McNamara and just letting, <laughs> letting uh, McCarthy go nuts.
3: I think, I think that, that, the, that game will be be fun because Michigan's going to try to run the ball. And if they try to run the ball in the middle, there's a 360 pound, um, no moon. That's a space station. Who's just going to be sitting there.
1: That is a large human.
3: He is large. Um, so, but you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about the, uh, the Georgia playoff game, the orange bowl, um, because we, it's still the orange bowl for some reason, uh, as they come up, uh, as a preview of what, what podcasting is going to be like in the near future, we're going to try to, uh, preview all of the bowls as they come up. Um, and we're not going to pay attention to certain ones. We are going to pay attention to the Los Angeles bowl presented by Jimmy Kimmel. Um, we are not going to pay attention. Yeah, that's right. It's the Los Angeles bowl presented by Jimmy Kimmel. Um, we are not going to pay attention to the barstool bowl because I don't want to. So you can't make me. That's how that works. Sorry. Um,
1: I haven't paid attention to pretty much any bowl since the, the uh, playoff system was implemented. I mean, they were already kind of irrelevant. And then once the playoffs came in, it's like, why are we doing this?
3: So I actually am of the complete opposite opinion. I think that like it makes these bowls so much more fun because you like it used to be like, well, you know, the the if you don't make the Rose Bowl, who cares? But now if you do make the Rose Bowl, who cares? So right. then it like like it goes down the list. It's like, is the Rose Bowl demonstrably more important than the Nassau Bahama, Bahamas Bowl? No, it's not. Although watching Ohio State deal with another physical power running team uh, in a big game will be pretty funny.
1: Oh, they're totally going to be up for that game and want to be there too.
3: <laughs> and like Utah will, Utah will want to be in yeah. that game, and Ohio State. Oh wants yeah, to. that is Utah's Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah,
2: Utah the chance to get a win over OSU that's that is massive. That that's the you know sometimes though that psyche backfires. I, I think back to another great Michigan State Alabama Bowl memory of the Capitol One Bowl where. Alabama just I couldn't imagine cared a whole lot because they were like a two-loss team playing Michigan State in the Capital One Bowl. And uh, you know, they got up for it.
3: Well, <laughs> that was they, a that was they a pissed killed off. Kirk cousins. They did. Uh that was that was a pissed-off Saban team. And oh, those... was that the one
2: with a story he's
1: like, we're gonna win this game and never come back here? Speech.
3: Yep. <laughs> yep. They won 49 to seven and it took Michigan State two years to recover the next year was, was the 2012 team that went seven and six.
1: Um, so are, are, is, are the rest of you all Michigan state fans or is Kevin a Michigan guy?
2: Michigan state. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh.
3: So, Kevin but state. Kevin went to Michigan state and, and like I, I went to Michigan. I have like a soft spot in my heart for Michigan. Cause I, I watched them play a lot. And a uh, friend of the pod, Mike was on the team. So like, I, right. I wanted them to do well. Yeah. Um, and and like I, when it doesn't impact Michigan State, I, I nominally pull for Michigan. And in this case, I was pulling for Michigan because if Michigan won, Michigan State goes to a New York Six game, which brings us to the second point, which is Michigan State gets to go to the Peach Bowl, which is now an important game, and for my entire life was not. But basically, they get to go to uh, the Atlanta Bowl game against Pat Narduzzi. Um,
1: oh, to play Pitt, huh?
3: Yep. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's uh, against a <laughs> secondary. Not great. Doesn't play very
0: well, and it's in a dome. Yeah, I, I got
2: to tell you. I yeah. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I was really hyped and intrigued for, all right, Fiesta Bowl, Sexy Bowl. Yeah. Notre Dame. All I, right, I admittedly, have not watched a lot of Notre Dame this year, but nobody I, has. But there's a familiar at I'm familiar with the team and they also didn't have like a dark horse quarterback, like, you know, who was going to win the Heisman. It just seemed like a better matchup for Michigan state for what we do well and don't do well. And instead it feels like a lesser bowl against a worse matchup. It, it's kind of a, kind of an annoying way that that played out.
3: Yeah. Uh, but the, the good news is, is that, um, you know, it's two days earlier than the rest of the game. So for some reason that New York six game is on Thursday, December 30th, instead of new year's Eve or new year's day, which is how it always is otherwise. Uh, So Michigan state gets the Virginia tech Thursday night game uh, treatment, which is fun. Weirdly Michigan, um, which you would want to, you know, you'd want that game Michigan to be playing um, in like a, a a ratings hotspot. They're playing on a Friday night on new year's Eve at 8. P.M. (laughs) I can't imagine which TV exec was like, "Yeah, this is a good idea." Um, I guess somebody at ESPN.
1: Um, but I did not know that until just now. That is the worst.
3: Yeah, yeah they they got the night
1: game.
3: Um, kiss my wife as
1: f- they finished losing to Georgia by a million points. It's gonna be amazing.
2: <laughs> I. Uh, That's the spirit.
3: Yeah, Michigan at least, State. At least I can be drunk. <laughs> uh, Michigan State had it's the same. No, it's no guilt. Michigan State had the same slot and like it was fun because it was like I watched that game and then it was like oh I don't give a shit about New Year's I can go to bed at eleven forty-five. sadly um
2: I don't I don't get into very many arguments or tiffs with my now wife and at the time she was fiance girlfriend the fight of our 11-year relationship was the night of Michigan State getting their pants pulled down and spanked by Alabama for the world to see. That was we've never had a fallout like that. So, so Ben, just just be prepared. You know, just you know, keep context about you know what really matters when the ball drops. If your team doesn't find a way to to get a W, it's, you know, my only bit of advice. Well,
1: well that's why I didn't want. I didn't watch Michigan state at all this year. And I, I recorded Ohio state. Cause like, I can't like, I'm a 40 year old man that treats his family terribly if like they lose to the wrong team. So like, <laughs> so he hit, records and it. I checked the score. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah
3: I, don't, I don't know if that cut out for anybody else, but it did for me. Oh, all right. uh, um, so the uh, so anyways, the, the upshot is, is that we, uh, we, we, uh, advise you dear listeners if you have loved ones who you are going to have to interact with on new year's eve um but you're not going to a party record it watch it hungover on saturday morning it's the same experience except that you don't have to ruin your wife or girlfriend's night or boyfriend doesn't matter um instead of pleasantly buzzed
1: you're angry and hungover
3: right for the record for the record
2: I was not the one who ruined the night. It was the the aggression was directed towards me as if I was the one who lost the game. I have been unrelated Bob's story. <laughs>
3: Bold decision on air to blame your wife. Oh, she was... Wait, oh, wait, wait, no.
2: Because no, I, no.
0: tell us, Colleen doesn't listen to this podcast. without telling us that Colleen. Oh, she,
2: she would say the same time. thing. I've been, I've been threatened that I ha- would have to quote sleep on the couch. This was in that same season while we were making our run to the playoffs. We lost an inconsequential game to Nebraska on like a last minute like oh yeah, it's big bullshit. play. Yeah, and. Old quote, you're not taking this seriously enough. You're sleeping on the couch tonight as she stormed <laughs> off to her bed, to the bedroom, because I explained to her that this game did not matter in the grand scheme of you beat Ohio state, you win the big 10 championship game. Like you move, you go to the playoff. So, you know, just a little bit of additional context into the, the fandom dynamic in our house.
3: All I just heard was that five years later, you've decided to blame your wife for a fight <laughs> on new year's Eve, which is really just I, I respect the commitment, um, and I respect your commitment to sleeping on the couch uh, when this drops. Monday nights are a great <laughs> night to sleep on the couch. Has a couch. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you don't, I have a comfy couch for you. I'm fairly close.
2: <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll zip down, take an Uber.
3: Um, speaking of uh, companies that are well-leveraged and definitely make money, here are some ads. And those companies definitely, definitely aren't Ponzi schemes for their founders. Um, let's talk about soccer. Is this a, fo- wait, is this a Ponzi scheme for us? Yes, obviously. Were you not a, wait, you're the victim of the Ponzi scheme. That's why. you Oh, if I look around the table, I don't see a sucker. I'm a sucker. You are the sucker. Um, but we're not here to talk about suckers. We're here to talk about suckers. Eh, Mm. eh, yeah it wasn't great um so we 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 got a um we got a roster for a game that doesn't matter but um will be uh watched by all of us and broken down and given outsized importance for reasons that are uh unclear um and at some point between now and the end of the year we'll probably have like some like year end grade thing, like how we feel about the whole year in some sort of mathematic fashion, but we're not going to do that now. Um, but what we are going to do right now is we're going to go through the friendly roster. And this is going to be a fun game because um, for me, there are names on here that I've never heard before. And if you had told me that they didn't exist prior to today, I would have believed you. And by today, I mean, when this dropped on Thursday, Friday.
1: We should have slipped one fake name in. And like picked like to see if somebody could identify who I was, was about
2: to say we could this
3: could have been a bit where you'd
2: be like <laughs> US Men's national team player or like like FIFA create a player name and just like you know alternate back and forth and we'd have to guess if they were them because I'm looking at the roster right now and two of the three goalies I've never heard of in my entire life, and I consider myself kind of a, a fringe, you know, deep deep state uh, you know, fan of of the pool.
3: I mean, if you had told me that John Polskamp was actually uh, a sex position, I, I would have said no.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a made-up name. Pulsegamp? No. It felt like a good one.
3: <laughs> so he's,
2: uh, he, he's backing up Amelia at SKC. Interesting.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, so the 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 three goalies. One is obvious, which is Matt Turner, who uh, seems destined to stay in the MLS forever. Um, which fine. Uh, He's he's going to be there. He's going to play the whole game. It is what it is. Um, the other two goalies are a guy I've never heard of in John Pulsecamp, uh, And a, another guy who uh, I was only introduced to because he started an MLS game as a keeper as a 16-year-old. Um, I believe now he is 17. American Donnarumma. American Donnarumma. Gabriel Slo- Slonina. Yep. Uh, are slow There's a joke there. I'm going to think about it. Let's talk about the defenders. Um, so uh, in terms of the defenders, this, this is where things get a little bit interesting because there are two defenders here who don't play in MLS. Uh, they play in USL, um, which means that they are in the second division of American soccer. One of which, them is,
1: which uh, seems to be the way to go now, if you're trying to avoid like the the 17-year MLS rookie contract that takes forever to get out of. So you sign with you sign with USL just to get to you to 18, so you can get away immediately.
3: Oh, yeah. So this is like a service time manipulation, but in reverse.
1: Well, so I believe I'm not making this up. When you sign as a rookie in MLS, it's a three-year deal with two club option years. So yeah. like you're tying yourself for half a decade to MLS if you sign that contract. So USL like Jonathan Gomez like he want, like he's gone like so he just signed with USL with the understanding that at 18 I'm out.
3: Yeah, and he's he's off to Spain. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, but that that was the reason that uh, Busio was playing for Sporting KC when he was 15 because everybody involved was like, look, I need to be out of here quickly. I'll stay here till I'm 20. That's fine, but I'm not staying here. Long, So either sign me as a 15-year-old and play me or don't, but that's what it is. Um, but so the, 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 the two big names here, like I said, are, are Jonathan Gomez and um, Kobe Henry. Uh, Jonathan Gomez is sort of the, I, I don't, the darling of, of prospect Twitter. Like everybody just like desperately thinks that he's the truth, uh, including apparently Real Sociedad, um, a nominally La Liga team. Um, but uh he's I say nominally because I'm not actually sure if they're in the top level of Spanish football at the moment they are. okay, great um oh val Dodd, val- val- the other uh Real dad uh is in the second t- division <laughs> oh, boy um so do we know anything about kobe henry are are we positive that that's not uh a made up name
2: yeah he. Uh, Go ahead. So, no, I, I was saying I'm looking at this transfer market right now. You you give some real
3: insight here. <laughs>
1: well, I was actually about to say I looked up on transfer market about half an hour
2: ago. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, so no, we cannot confirm that Kobe Henry exists.
2: He's, he's from Lakewood, Florida. Sure, 17 years of age. Okay. Uh, and he has a current market value of $55,000.
3: So you're telling me that we have a random asset from Florida that went to orange County and is worth some amount that doesn't make sense given where he is being traded at. Yeah. Um, Kobe, Henry, not real. Uh, it's, it's like NFTs doesn't actually exist. <laughs> um
2: Florida man,
0: He's an NFT.
2: <laughs> um, Brooks Lennon doesn't have any calves for the U S national team. Is that real?
3: Uh, that, no, it's not. He was, didn't, didn't he play the last time that we played Bosnia?
2: ESPN has him as having zero caps. That no, doesn't. Yeah, that's what
3: I'm
1: looking at too. He must. He must be on the roster all the time and never it, actually get into the game.
3: Yeah, that seems strange to me. Uh, yeah. So, so that's. I think that's the theme of this roster is a series of guys. You're like, ah, huh. Good for him. Um, the actual headliners here. Um, and I think like the big, the big thing with the defenders is, um, is Jonathan Gomez or George Bello the the left back of the future? You can go one to one there. Um, George Bello has been seen as sort of the the left back of the future for longer than I can remember. The um,
1: point where he's not the left back of the future anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, like he's been like a, a super prospect for so long that like at a certain point, you're just, you've Michael fulmer yourself and you're not a prospect anymore. You're right. just not very good. Um, well, I'm looking
1: at this roster. I'm actually like, you know how uh, college basketball teams, the goal is to sign like three or four guys that are going to be there three to four years and just kind of be solid players and then you want to, like, sprinkle in the one-and-dones. Sure. This seems like kind of that kind of roster. You've
0: got <laughs> a bunch of, like,
1: solid guys that all know what they're doing. And then you, you sprinkle in the talent to see if there's anything actually there.
3: So would you say that that you would want some of the guys to be, like, trusty? He's, a,
1: he's like, a solid fifth-year senior at Purdue.
3: <laughs> Stumpy got
0: it. Sorry, trusty. <laughs>
3: Uh, Yeah. Trust, trusty has all the makings of a uh, guy who you will say in five years, he's still here.
1: (laughs) You recall he's left footed. So he's got that going for
3: him. Yeah. um, The, the, the headliners um, for me, at least is, is we'll see if um, Justin Che actually gets to play at center back. Um, Hopefully he does. Uh, Dallas doesn't like to play him there. Um, And all of those like rumors like, Oh yeah, he's definitely going back to Germany uh, sort of petered out. And it seems that that is not going to happen. Um, but he's 17. So it's not like that big of a deal. Um, there there's sort of the, uh, the guys who you remember from Olympic qualifying, like Kessler. And I mentioned Trusty, um, and the, the, the other big names that we've seen here and one who I, I actually don't think belongs here, um, are, are Brian Reynolds, um, who's back from from Roma, the fact that Roma was w- willing to release him for a friendly in December says everything you need to know about Brian Reynolds at Roma. Um, I mean,
1: everybody knew <laughs> this was going to go terrible. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you driving at that wall? It's going to work out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, somebody has to get through the wall. Yes, but after the wall has been demolished.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> guess Mourinho wasn't actually there when he signed, but
2: uh what other teams were in the mix for him? I can't really recall.
3: Spezia, because Spezia is in the mix for every yeah, American, Uve, but refused to was in the, I don't know. There
1: were two or three Italian teams in, yeah. involved in it. And I feel like, I don't know, there's something weird that went down with his dad. Like, his dad was, like, all over. Like, you know those dads that sometimes, like, seem to want to capitalize on their kids for fame and fortune?
3: This like is
1: going
3: like maybe... to be a super relevant uh, reference. Todd Marinovich.
1: yes so like I don't think anything bad bad went down but I think something almost happened where he went to Juve and then something with his dad happened and then he ended up at Roma I don't know Hmm.
3: Uh, in any event uh, Brian welcome back hopefully you get on the field and can convince someone to pay uh, a small fee for you Um, and then so and and we have Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman Um, Aaron Long apparently doing rehab that's cool hopefully he's healthy uh, coming back from a torn Achilles in nine months would be incredibly impressive.
1: Um, GMO, same situation.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Paredes, I actually don't think is a defender. He's listed among the defenders. I don't think he's a defender. I think he's a, a winger. Um, if you look at the actual breakdown of this roster, it, it doesn't really make sense for us to be carrying four left backs. Um, so I think, I think that they're going to play him as, 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 a wide guy. Um, we have, uh, five mil- midfielders nominally, um, and I don't want to talk about them because no well, no, I want to talk about two of them. And I want to talk, I don't want to talk at all about three of them because we've we have wasted so many words about Callan Acosta, Jackson Ewell, and Christian Roldan that I'm 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 over it. Uh does well, anybody it's a, little,
1: it's a little depressing, like because if you look at like the different levels, like there's interesting players at fullback, center back, wing, even forward. And then you look at the entire midfield and it's just like, well. Let's all get super stoked Bastard on Cole. Maybe he's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I like, I don't know.
3: Um, I guess I guess uh Kevin, this is your midfield. So why why don't you talk <laughs> a little bit?
2: <laughs> I I mean to to your point, we we've talked a lot about well, Kellen Acosta does and doesn't well, and I've certainly celebrated his high points over the summer. Uh Cole Bassett kind of took a, a like a half step back, I think, this year for the Rapids. Um, I think that before the year his maybe that, not that he was playing at any higher of a, of a level, but there was an expectation that he was going to kind of take another step forward and really force the issue of, Hey, cause he definitely has European aspirations. Um, and five goals and four assists isn't necessarily going to do that for him. Um, so we'll see. He's 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 he feels more of like a. This is a I think a quote steady midfield, which sometimes turns into a very um, regressive midfield. But that that's kind of what he is. I think that you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. It's not going to be spectacular necessarily, but he also isn't going to just do some absolutely, um, horrid things. <laughs> you,
3: you want you want me to be real mean for a second? Yes. Rich man, Sebastian Lejet
2: <laughs> For Cole Bassett?
3: Yep. That's, you know, hey. It Makes sense. His career it?
2: could probably pan out worse. <laughs>
3: um, the other name here of, of interest is Johnny Cardoso, who's playing significantly in Brazil, but nobody cares because it's Brazil and um, we can't really watch it here. Um, so he, he he's getting basically um, every single... A spot minute that Internacional has and they're they're a, a competitive team in brazil um he's not like a locked in starter but he can play all three of their midfield positions pretty effectively so anytime anybody's hurt or is out he plays which is not the worst thing to have for a 20-ish year old um so i think i think he, he falls under the lottery ticket standard and it's like yeah maybe who knows check back hey. in two years
1: if you can put a person from Brazil on your roster, you, guess you just got to do it and hope they hope they hope pan the best.
3: Out. Yeah, hope <laughs> for the best. Uh he he, and he his stock took a, a huge hit amongst um our sort of corner of the world when he was played out of position in Olympic qualifying and he couldn't progress the ball because that's not his job uh, at his club. He's a six, um, but. We'll see. Maybe he can do something of note. Um, so now we're 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 at what's listed as forwards, but the first guy I want to talk to about is not a forward. So again, I think that some of these positional designations are not real. Um, but Taylor Booth, uh, I don't think is a forward, and I think that if he does play here, he'll play as an eight. Um, he plays
1: right back for Byron, too.
3: Everybody plays right back.
1: That's <laughs> well, kind of the brand, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean like that that there's no universe in which he's anything approximating a forward um i think that like maybe he plays right back but not really for this team i think that he's an eight for this team um
1: well and when i pulled him up on transfer market he plays right back for Bayern munich too in the same way that i played on my college tennis team ah as in (laughs) i was on the team (laughs) didn't play very much (laughs)
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, he's there. He's definitely employed in some fashion by Bayern, lots Munich. Of
1: Bayern Munich clothing.
3: He gets the free sweatshirt. <laughs> um, and that's good for him. He, he, he had a really, really nice loan to a bad Austrian side last year. Oh, that's right.
1: That was last season. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then like, for some reason, something happened where he like, didn't get loaned out again this year. Like maybe like they, they, like they couldn't get his contract signed. So if he was loaned out, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's in a tough spot for his worth. I think that he's here for the same reason that Reynolds is here, which is to get a move. Um, and then the other, the other folks we have here um, are, are a couple of guys who we really wanted to see previously um, ahead of one, Paul Areola, um, which is uh, Cade, Cade Cowell and Caden Clark. Um, Caden Clark uh, is apparently off to Leipzig in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't American know in
1: one American out.
3: Yeah, one for one. Um, I'm super pissed about that. Jesse Marsh was hung out to dry. They played poorly, but they they did not support him and they gave him a two-year contract. Um I'm I I I'm just brought back to uh Moneyball because again, this is a baseball podcast. Um, like that the whole like the running subplot of Art How managing under a one-year deal and how pissed he was. And, but Jesse Marsh is like a nice Wisconsinite. And he like, he was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll manage without a sporting director. Yeah. I don't know why he just became from Manitoba. Um, <laughs> <save it. laughs> um, but yeah. So, so Jesse Marsh traded, uh, uh, sent, sent down Cade Clark uh, brought up uh, and Cade Cowell.
1: We think Caden Clark could play one. Do we think Caden Clark could play one of the eight positions? That would make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah. He plays a midfield for the Red Bull or for New York Red Bull.
3: I think he plays as like, sort of like a solid 10, uh, for, for New York. Um, I think that he's, um, I think he's a guy like Reina where, where you like he, he would play as a winger in our natural position if everybody's healthy, but he could certainly deputize at the eight. Um, the way that, that Greg sees, um, Aaron's into like in a pinch, like these are your actual backups, not legit. Um, so those are, those are the guys. Um very happy to see Jordan Morris back. I, I like him when he's healthy. I think that he's a super youth, useful depth piece. Uh, and if he's ready to go, you know, we can get him, get him integrated. That's a, that's a big step.
1: Yeah. If he could take Paul Areola's, uh roster spot on the full team, I'd be very, I'm sorry, Paul, I don't mean to throw him to the bus, but Jordan Morris is a, a nicer option to have there.
3: Like, uh, Yeah. Um, and then, and then we have our, our, center forwards domestically, which is just going to be Pepe and Zardes, fine. And I guess is here because um, leaving him off and bringing Pepe would be weird and whatever. Don't want to piss people off. So um, so that's, that's the full list. Um, and uh, I, think, I think the, the question, obviously, obviously, whenever you have a list, like the first thought is like, well, who's not here? Um, and for me, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I thought that the biggest missing piece here is Mihailovic. Um, and he's apparently about to go train in Italy, but he's I think. On I
1: th- trial with Bologna, right?
3: Yeah, so he's, he's off in Italy trying to get a job out there. Uh, but I think that he's someone who, when I saw this, and I didn't remember that he was on trial, Like I was like, what did he do to Greg Berhalter? That was my question.
1: Well, do you guys remember uh, Berhalter's very first January camp? Like you always get like the, you know, like in spring football, you always get like the so-and-so is really popping. They're really going to be good this year. Like Mihailovic was like the first he's showing out at practice guy for Burhalter, But uh, then he played and it it didn't, didn't continue.
3: Best shape of his life. Best shape of his life. Uh, Remember all weight gain is muscle. All weight loss is fat. Correct. (laughs) Um. But who, who who else do you think uh, you know could be here, but but isn't? You know, I, I think that the the other big name, obviously, is Daryl DK. That was explained by by Berhalter as being just a, a fitness thing, like he needs to rest because he played for eighteen months straight. Yeah, didn't. I would have
1: loved to see Alan Senora, who plays for in the Argentine league, but I don't know. It's fuzzy on why he's not there. There's some like health concern, and then I don't think his club had to let him go. So I'm not sure anybody's like actually said why, but he would have been an intriguing player to see.
3: Yeah. And, and his brother, Joel Sonora also plays down there um, and playing pretty well. Um, These, these are guys, but I think what it is because this isn't a FIFA window, they don't have to release their players. Um, So anytime a non, non MLS player shows up, you, you have to assume that they're being sent out for a reason. Um, and in this case, I think with Cardoso, with Johnny, the, the, that's my question, because he actually does play pretty consistently in Brazil. So unless they're on some manner of break or he, he has, uh, ambitions of coming home, uh, I'm not really sure about that. Also, I say coming home, I'm pretty sure he was born in, um, Argentina. So.
1: Paramount plus carries that league. I need to catch a couple of those games at some point.
3: Uh, yeah, we should, we should do that. Um, and, uh, you know, Instead of giving free airtime to Paramount Plus, why don't we give paid airtime to Seamless work by me?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it comes right on the heel of you being incredibly wrong, Johnny Cardoza, Cardoza uh, New Jersey New Jersey native. I confused him with Andre Pereira.
3: Yeah,
0: Andre Pereira, very, very yeah. similar. Uh, he did move to Brazil when he was three months old. So pretty- oh, get
3: off me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so I, I think that this, this roster, like there are a couple of guys who, who, who certainly could have been here, but are not, I, I don't know that there's anything to be super upset about. Um,
1: um, I'm going to say, I don't need, I don't need Mihaljevic moving to Bologna now because their coach's name is also Mihaljevic. And I don't much. need that kind of, I don't need that kind of confusion in my life.
3: It's too much. It's too much. And also like, you know, you can't give me that type of pun for every time he doesn't start, you know, like, Oh, this is real baloney every, every other week. Is that what we need in our lives? No,
0: oh, we don't need to be doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. so
3: that the, real- the, um, the, the, other, so, so I think general feeling here, um, is, is probably pretty good, right? Like it's fine. Yeah, fine. It's a, it's a friendly, everybody here is more or less young or recovering from injury.
1: When you're watching a bowl game at noon on December 26th, you're not really worried about who the players are that much.
3: Uh, This game is on December 18th, uh, which means that it will be going head to head with, again, the Los Angeles bowl presented by Jimmy Kimmel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this Uh, feels very much like watching that ball.
3: (laughs) And interestingly, those games will both be going on like at the two NFL stadiums. Uh, One will be at SoFi. One will be at um, whatever the uh, Chargers stadium is.
1: And only the players' parents will be there.
3: In both cases. Yes. Wait, they play in the same stadium, don't they? No. One of them plays in SoFi. One of them plays in whatever the Carson. Oh uh, Carson, California stadium is. Um, so, uh, so the other, there, there, there are two sort of bigger, uh, things going on with the U S men's national team as well. Um, Luchi Gonzalez has been hired to be an assistant coach. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the folks who remember him from his playing days, uh, introduce Luchi Gonzalez as well as his, uh, FC Dallas days. The reason I'm saying, uh, introduce him from his playing days is, uh, Kevin, Colorado Rapids super fan, Luchi Gonzalez played for the Colorado Rapids in 2005. Did you know that?
2: Um, I did not know that. Looking at his his playing career on Wikipedia right now, and two of his stays prior to the Rapids for the appearances where it normally would list a a number. Uh, just have question marks, which <laughs> that, that kind of speaks to like the, the the ultra data heavy era that we currently live in. We're like, it, never mind, like how many appearances a player makes, but like how many touches they get on a ball. Like, are they, you know, what's what's their passing heat map look like? Like, it's really funny that in two thousand and three, it's like oh, we don't know how many games he played for uh, Sporting <laughs> Cristal in I don't know what <laughs> league that's even in.
3: Uh, it's, it's looks like the Peruvian
2: league play out, play in Lima. Anyways. No, I did not know that he played for the Rapids in 2005. (laughs)
3: Um, prior to that, he played for the SMU football team. Uh, not the Craig James version. Did I want to mention this just so I could mention Craig James? Certainly did Google him, figure out why. Um, Um, so Luchi Gonzalez, uh, being brought in, he was the, he was the manager of FC Dallas for the last, three years Mm -hmm. um so he's the there's there's a lot of thought that he's being brought in to uh, relate to some of the um Latin American or, or specifically Mexican American uh players in the pool given the David Ochoa thing um and uh you know if that's the case great you know you always want people to feel at home and feel like they have coaches who who can relate to them and listen to them um and also I thought I think Lucci was a good coach for Dallas so I think that this is this is unambiguously a win um, for for his staff. Uh, I think that Dallas scored goals, so maybe he's an offensive coordinator. I'm not really sure. Um, um, like, why do you? He's also. Like, why do you like, uh, Why did Dallas let him go? Um, this year Dallas cratered <laughs> in a very serious way, and so like they needed to blame someone, and they weren't going to blame Pepe. <laughs> um, that was my understanding of why he why he why his tenure ended. He,
2: he was also their academy director for several years prior to being a coach, which is great. If you actually look at the players that, that have came directly, taken the, the pathway of academy to, you know, senior team for Dallas, and then also, like, McKenney spent some time there, um, it's a very, very productive – like, the guy knows what he's doing with young talent, and no matter how involved he is in player selection or the, like, game day – Um, decisions to be made sure having someone who's who's focused on on youth and development and in in a a, like um in a true like football sense versus just being like oh they play travel soccer and you know we pulled them out of college like he seems like a guy who who has like he thinks big picture and he has like a world view of the game um which is great that's what i would like to have (laughs) in our team
1: Oh, right, I mean the, the USMNT at this point is almost basically a youth team, and Lucci Gonzalez, you know, kind of made his way up through the the you know the Dallas youth teams. He's pr- like he, I'm sure he worked with McKinney, Zimmerman, Pepe, Ferreira. I mean, all those guys. Reynolds, up. Cannon, Reynolds, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So
3: Dallas Academy is probably our best academy right
1: oh my gosh yeah
3: yeah by yeah. far like there, there's an argument to be made at at the high level like new york uh new york city gets a lot of credit because technically they get credit for reina yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like philadelphia still claims uh pulisic even though he never played right. under the auspices of philadelphia union
2: uh but <laughs> well, i mean brandon
3: Go
1: ahead. In ten in ten years, maybe you have an argument for Philadelphia's uh you know academy they're putting out players now. But yeah, for now, Dallas is kind of number one with a bullet.
3: Um so so yeah, so I think I think if you're looking at him as like a development coach and and a recruiting coach and uh the cool young coach, like every every um staff has to have the cool young guy who the players can go and bitch to about the head coach. Um I, I think like everybody knows who that is at 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 various uh, schools like Michigan State has various has uh, like Tum Tum Nairn still on staff so that the players have like an intermediary to complain to when they don't want to complain to Izzo to his face. Um, Juwan Howard had uh, uh, what's his name and then he left. I forgot anyways um, this is
0: in a basketball podcast. It's Craig Patrick. yes, him <laughs> When you don't want to give when you don't want to bitch to her Brooks or when you want to bitch about her Brooks, you go to Craig Patrick
3: because this is a hockey podcast. Um, so this year, uh, the, uh, there's, there's uh fan voting for the team awards for the U S men's national team. Um, we're at that point of the year where they're doing annual awards. Uh, and because this podcast, uh, is part of the media, we're not part of the fan vote. We do get a significant amount of media vote. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's coming. I'm waiting on that, Greg, uh, just waiting on your call for, for us to figure out how to, how to do that. Um, We can vote as many times as we want. doesn't mean anybody's going to listen to us, but we can vote. So, um, this is, uh, so the 2021 bio steel male player of the year, um, because everything has to be branded for reasons that are unclear to me. Um, yeah, no, they're very clear to me. It's because people, people (laughs) like breakfast tacos, um, capitalism works if people get paid, I guess, um. So uh, the the six nominees for Player of the Year are uh, Aronson, Acosta, McKenny, Turner, Robinson, Pulisic. Um Depending on your definitions of what this award means, it's it's Christian or Aronson, I guess. Um, it's not Acosta. I I doubt they're going to give it to Wes, given everything this year. Like I, I have to imagine that there's like they're going to see the vote and they're going to be like, no,
1: no. I mean- I'm going to need to see the private team award, like the private, like what award are they going to give him in private?
3: <laughs> it's like the paper plate awards. It'll yeah,
1: um, <laughs> um, like 17 notches in it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so we've, we've accidentally given you a preview because in addition to uh, this being our podcast, it's also our production meeting. We're going to be doing paper plate awards for the team uh, uh, after Christmas and um, paper plate awards for the U S men's national team. It's coming, get really excited. Um, so I, I, think for, for, for my money, I'm going to say it's Pulisic. If you, uh, are the best player in the pool and Oh, by the way, you bury a penalty to beat Mexico for a trophy, you get to be player of the year. I don't, I don't really think that there's much more to it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, b- between, I mean, it's the penalty it's the sub on against Mexico and probably the best one that we've had in i don't know eight years yeah in a long time
3: since since clint since clint dempsey was uh an important part on the field not just an important part off the field um because we love him as a broadcaster he's great he wears sunglasses because he's very clearly drunk or high um
2: (laughs) that's a big (laughs) assumption
3: yeah (laughs) sure (laughs) um so this is this is actually the much more interesting award which is the second award they have up and you can tell it's more interesting because it's sponsored by a more real place uh the 2021 chipotle young male player of the year um and so the the options are Pepe Ferreira, busio musa and bello bello's inclusion makes me laugh um because i don't know why he's there also serginio dest is like 21 you can still include him <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Gio Reyna is w- was up for a young player of the year. Generally, like he was ninth. I think like, and when I say generally, I don't mean like for Dortmund, I mean, for like the, the world.
1: world.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, notably Cristiano Ronaldo ranked him third after a Portuguese guy and a Manchester United guy. So amongst dudes who have never played with Cristiano Ronaldo, Gio Reyna, number one young player in the world. Suck it, Pedri. Um, <laughs> But on this list, I, I I'm interested to see your thoughts because I think this one's a little more interesting for what it means and what what um what you guys think was the best actual young player of the year, um so so uh Napoleon Greg, what are you thinking? Uh, I would think Pepe. That's fair.
0: But I don't. <laughs> in terms of what it means, like I think that giving it to your what you're hoping to be your up and coming striker uh, is kind of a big deal, but I don't know about. Or anything beyond that.
3: See, I'm good with that because like many awards, this is like, it's meaningless and it doesn't matter beyond like the good feelings that it gives to people. So it's like, if you're giving it to Pepe so that he has confidence going into the January world cup qualifiers, like great, cool, fine. Um, Kevin, what do you think?
2: I mean, Pepe just, not because he scores goals, but because he scored timely goals that could have seriously derailed our qual. Had he not scored those goals, could have seriously, especially with the way that Panama's been putting points on the board, could have seriously derailed our World Cup aspirations before they even got started. Um, but I, I just I love Musa too much. I would rather give it to him, but I know how awards work and stats matter and dig the long ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you score you score goals and you're like the nine of the future for the U.S. Like you win this award. Like period. Even though I think that Musa through stretches has probably been like a more influential and like complete player than what Pepe's done.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so Ben, I'll let you go. And then, then I'll, I'll give my vote here.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're going on, you know, USMNT performances and stuff, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Pepe or Musa and you're probably going Pepe just for the goals. If you're looking at like the whole year, as far as like how their club form has gone, I think you could make an argument for you know Ferrero, Busio in there too, but yeah, if you're just talking U.S. stuff, it's probably got to be Pepe.
0: Who gives yeah. out Who gives out this award? U.S. I think national it's US Soccer. Team. Yeah. Oh, so the organization that has a vested interest in making the MLS look better than guys playing in Europe is going to give the award to Yunus Musa. <laughs> Seems fam- unlikely. Famously, does not play in America.
1: And if you don't think they don't see how valuable Pepe can be to appeal to like a very large chunk of people,
0: <laughs> they are uh, staring just oh seeing sponsorship dollars light up. Yes.
3: So it's probably going to be Pepe. Yeah. Number one, of course, being with Stetson. Special thank you to our guests, the soccer folks who came on and talked to us about both footballs, because um. People can do that. It turns out people have more than one interest and we, we pigeonhole people as soccer people and football people. And that's not real. Dichotomies aren't real. Positions aren't real. Birds aren't real. Um, birds are not real. Uh, and you can't convince me otherwise. Also uh, Stevie wonder could see, uh, see. He's not dead. Can, can see. see, can see Chris oh, Davis one. or uh, Mark Reynolds. Reynolds, Mark Reynolds can't see. It's a fact. Look it up. It's not my fault. Special thank you to our guests Ben and Kevin. <laughs>
1: so confused right now. What the hell is going on?
3: You know, we have some research for you today. <laughs> um, special thank you to Ben and Kevin for, for sticking with us. Uh, you can find Kevin uh, in the mountains of Colorado. He doesn't believe in the internet. Um, he's only here as a spectral image, and that's how he talks to us. He doesn't. He's not on Zoom. Ben, you can find multiple places on the internet. You can find him on Twitter at blharold. And you can find him on his website, halfspaces.com. You can find Napoleon Greg at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. Uh, he's tweeting out some uh, some cold takes, some hot takes, uh, some medium sized takes. Uh, and you can find all of us, but usually me, uh, Asa at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, uh, where we're talking pretty much anything you want to talk to us about, but usually football and football. Um, we will be posting some, some incredible encouraging and interesting data regarding Mark Reynolds. Um, it's important. Uh, and uh, you can find us, uh, right? Like I said, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can't find us on Instagram. We'll get that up and running shortly. We're working on it. Um, it'll, be, it'll be up soon. Uh, we, we expect by Q3 2024, uh, it'll be up. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, uh, whoever Blue Wire decided to put in, uh, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Um, and thank you to you, the listener, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your acquaintances. Um, we really appreciate reviews. Um, and we couldn't, wouldn't do this without you. So, uh, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.